Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of the Master of None podcast. I am your host as always, Stephen Murphy. I'm joined by the usual rugby crew of Sam and Westy in my new studio sort of bedroom area, which the internet isn't great, so we're going to have to work on that straight away. Um, but no, joined here by the boys. We're going to chat a bit of rugby. We had some Six Nations rugby at the weekend, boys. How exciting was that? Good. Yeah, it was that great. Yeah. Great to have it back in, in November or October of all times. Yeah, exactly. So we had obviously Ireland's playing again this Italy. Uh, so we'll tackle that first, and then we can touch on the the, the Pro Fourteen because oh. I do believe uh, six uh, the Connacht had a win this weekend. So I'm sure the boys will talk for four hours on that. <laughs> uh, Just we're on the road in six months. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ireland versus Italy. I think we can all agree a good performance from what we kind of expected from that much time off, as in the Ireland team together. A few small things we can talk about, but I think we have to mention starting off two outstanding performances from two debutants in Will Connors and Hugo Keenan. Westy, just how impressed were you by the two boys? Um, yeah, I think definitely. I, I think I think this is something that we kind of some of us forget about the the value of bringing in new lads. Like <clears throat> Hugo Keenan's work rate on the pitch was outstanding. He was everywhere. Like, and that's just. Now, I know he does that for Leinster as well, but I, I, I think it's hard not to chalk some of that down to like excitement of getting an Ireland jersey in the site and saying, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't like the monochrome of he's there till James Lowe qualifies. He wants to lay a marker down for his jersey. He doesn't want Keith Earls coming back now and taking the jersey back. Um, he's shown that he's there to fight for a jersey and, and Will Connor is the exact same way. He knows, he knows the competition that's there for back rows in the Ireland team. He, he knows there's a a lion on the bench about to come on <clears throat> at any point during a game and he wants to hold it off for as long as possible. And for Connors directly, I think one of the major things for me was we were talked all week about, you know, his tackling ability, his low tackling ability. I think that was complemented so well by the likes of Doris and CJ who were just such good threats over the ball. Um, that I just think the two lads started so well into the systems that they were asked to, uh, to start into. Yeah, totally agree. Sam, what do you think about Keenan and O'Connor's? Yeah, two huge debuts. Uh, I thought Connors was everywhere. I was so impressed. And then sometimes I was like, is that definitely Connors? Or am I seeing like Caelan Doris and attributing it to Connors? Or uh, how's it going? But no, uh, Connors was absolutely brilliant. And Keen, what a, what a debut. Like to have two tries and then a disallowed try called back. It was, uh, it was brilliant. I think like Keenan could probably feel a bit aggrieved. Like he's, he did everything possible to get man of the match, and then Connors gets man of the match. But <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was sensational. And like chuck for the two lads, you know. Like you, I don't see it on this podcast very often and give plaudits to uh, Leinster players, but I thought the two of them were absolutely outstanding. Like they came in with the right attitudes, and like Westy had said, you know, there's been a lot of James Lowe talk the last few weeks, and Keenan's standing there going, well, like. I'm also here and I'm about to prove why. So, you know, fair play to him. Uh, it was great, great results. Uh, you know, dampened a little bit by the last minute uh, kind of mix up and what ended up happening. But yeah, you can't take away from that. Uh, after six months away from proper international rugby, it's great to get get a win. And it was great to play the way we played and see the excitement of players like Keen. I think, like Wesley said, you know, the value of a debut is you, you bring in someone that 99.9% of the time a debutante is going to have the perfect attitude. It's not going to be a slug. It's not going to be, oh, this is Italy uh, in the Six Nations or, you know, someone feeling down about themselves because they're out of form. Like, it's, they're coming in with the best attitude possible. It's their first Ireland game and they're going to come in, they're going to hit hard, they're going to run hard. So, Yeah, I totally agree. I thought Keenan, Keenan really impressed me, actually. I, I, 
I'd obviously seen him a bit with Leinster, but it's tough to tell sometimes of those Leinster games just because it's so easy for Leinster and a lot of those Pro 14 games. But geez, he was absolutely brilliant. His work rate and his eagerness to take people on is incredible to see. And it's maybe it's just, you know, the fact that he's so new to the system that he's like, oh, look, I can take people on and I won't get given out to. But we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, Connors, I think it says a lot about Connors. I saw a stat that he, he made 20 tackles and I thought it was more. I I thought it was like in the high twenties, maybe even thirty. He was that he was that prolific all over the pitch, and just his work rate was incredible. And in a in an already sort of spoiled for choice back row, and with Dan Levy to come back, which we'll touch on maybe in the Pro Fourteen game, he really did put down you know like the standard there, being like this is what I'm capable of, and it was just incredible. And I think we'd all agree we'd love to have more of him on the team because you just wouldn't miss tackles. You just it's just incredible his work rate. We will touch sort of. There was a few negatives, obviously, which I think a lot of a lot of it is down to sloppiness on the defensive side of not playing with each other for a while. Uh, we've seen obviously the first minute they a massive gap in the middle of the pitch, uh, where Italy kind of roamed through, and then also at the end, kind of you know giving those points away when we shouldn't have when we're looking to get points difference uh, is also kind of sloppy. But I've seen a, a bit of criticism going around, and lads, you can let me know if it's fair or not, but. We didn't really create much in the sense of some static play or uh, from say like a, you know play call plays call plays or set plays. We didn't look to break Italy down that much, which like, Italy isn't the best defensive team in the world. So going looking ahead to a France, it could be an issue. Like Wes, did you see much of that? A lot of like ball lads taking the passes flat, and a lot of our tries came off sort of broken play. Yeah, I mean, I think in. Like I'll kind of start by saying that I think the first, like the first ten fifteen minutes, I was getting a little bit worried. You know, we were, it was very little organisation in what we were doing. We, it did take us a while to gel and kind of get into the game. Uh, Italy were, you could say they were unfortunate not to score that first try, even um, although it was great cover defence. Um, do I think we weren't organising attack? I don't think we were as it wasn't as set play. It, it wasn't as cut and dry as it was under Joe Schmidt. It wasn't as like here's your here's your short ball, short ball, short ball. Oh, we've hit the five meter line. Now we got the other side. Um, it was a little bit more creative and a little bit more free flow. And even the a lot of a lot of longer, wider passes were thrown. Um, some of them to, to, to varying success. Um, but no, I, I think especially later on in the game, we definitely opened up and. We're, we're happy to play a slightly more expansive game. I mean, we discussed it last week. We kind of thought we would be conservative until we got the, the first, until we got the win secure, and then we might open up when the bench came on. And I don't think we were too far off on that, but I think I think that it is kind of clear that the game plan's a bit looser. Is that game I going to work against France? Probably not, with Sean Edwards' defence. Um, but I, I thought it was, I, mean, I thought it was, an, it was a, it was an exciting game to watch, um, errors and all. And I think, you know, I think we understood our opponents pretty well. Yeah, Sam, what do you think going to, going forward? Is that going to be an issue? Or is it just the fact that, look, first game back, do what we have to do, get the points on the board? Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be hard to tell until after the France game whether or not that's a game plan that's going to be a game plan throughout or whether or not that was a game plan in a game that, you know, Farrell had seen, put up some scores have a bit of fun, enjoy it, it's Italy, uh, you know, and then it was it was obviously a bit loose at the start and it wasn't kind of, it wasn't working too well, but then it, it, it gelled and they found their footing and it, it started to really purr in the second half. I, I'm not sure, I, it, it's hard to tell without the evidence of after next week, 
what they're going to do against France. But if they try to do that against France, I think that they'll find it a lot more difficult. It might work. They might up their game. Uh, you never know which France is going to turn up. But you also you don't know under Farrell what he what type of coach he's going to be. Is he going to play horses for courses, bring in the likes of Marmion, or I think Gibson Park might be injured and Cooney's in the squad now. Uh, bring them in, bring in Byrne or Carty and try and play a different type of rugby, or is he going to go exactly the same for every game? Like this is, It's so hard to tell. And I know like we've, we've seen Farrell now a couple of times with a big six-month gap in the middle, but it's so, so early in his tenure as, a, as an Ireland coach that it's hard to kind of, it's hard to presume what game plan he's going to go into next week with. Uh, it could be completely different. That Italy game could have been just a how to beat Italy and then he'll go against France next week. So, Yeah, I think one sign where I thought maybe we will be playing some different rugby is when I saw the mother of all offloads by Peter O'Mahony <laughs> in the second half. I couldn't believe what my eyes were seeing. I just couldn't believe it. It was amazing. It was, it was intentional. It wasn't like a bad pass or anything like that. It was incredible. From O'Mahony who... Looked when he came on like he was trying to prove a point. He was pumped up when he made off made that offload and the score try. Uh, for, of course, Bundy Claus uh, crashed over the line with a beautiful step. Crashed uh, over the line. Bundy Claus sailed over the line like a majestic step. It was yeah. like like an ice swan just gliding over the line. <laughs> ice swan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, it cut back to Omani and he was celebrating. He was, you know, he was kind of delighted with himself. So. Seeing that sort of stuff made me be a bit like, okay, that's we haven't seen that under Schmidt. So, I, you know, obviously players sometimes are told not to be as creative as that. I think that was the case under Schmidt. It was more like, don't be silly with the ball. Whereas Omani had obviously the, the license to be a bit... I know it helps when you're 30 points up against Italy. But still, I was promising to see that going forward. And I, I think we're going to need a bit of that against France, who are kings of keeping the ball alive. We saw it when they played Wales... The other night, they went the ball to keep alive, and it's just so hard to defend that. But I think going forward, lads, we're, we're going to do another podcast later in the week when we kind of preview once we get the teams and stuff uh, to a bit of depth in France. But will we are we positive going into that game, or are we still very much apprehensive? So, uh, West Sam, you can go first. Uh, I'm I'm positive. I'm not I'm not necessarily positive of the the bonus point victory to get the guaranteed winning of the tournament, but. No, I'm positive that if we could, if we play to our ability, we have a good strong team out. Like Ringrose being injured, you know, you probably presume it's Henshaw coming in. Uh, maybe it maybe was brilliant, Farrell. by the way, when he came on. Yeah, he's very, very good. Ringrose um, at scrum half. How about that? Yeah, he really yeah. pushed the tempo, didn't he? Yeah. What about <laughs> very much new, so. Sorry, Sam. Go on. What about this new nine ten? Uh, Ringrose nine and uh, Daly. Oh, Tom Daly at ten, loving it. Uh, we're just we're just looking looking at options, Murph. No, but uh, I mean, I don't see why not. Uh, I wouldn't. I I would be positive. I think that we've definitely got a chance to win. We've got an extremely strong team, like you said, like the likes of O'Mahony. You know, the players like Doris and uh, Connors emerging are only going to spur on the likes of O'Mahony because he's he's going to be up for the challenge and he's going to come on. And he's going to try and make a difference. So I think that we've got a good bit of depth. We've got the ability. Uh, I'm hoping that Farrell turns out that we have the coach as well. So, you know, going into the weekend, maybe not the f- uh, the four tries, but I do th- I'm do. i positive. I think that we can get a result. Uh, I don't see why not. Anyway, like, you know, France are very good, but we've, we've played very good French teams in the past and we've, we've done well. And I think we've got an extremely talented bunch of players. Deep enough squad. Like, there's a couple of little injury worries. Gibson Park's out now. You know, you're probably seeing Henshaw coming in, maybe Farrell into the centre. Uh, and then other than that, like, I think, We've got good depth and good ability and good players available. So, 
Uh, is Gibson Park definitely out? Uh, well, that's why Cooney was brought in as cover because he felt tightness and hamstring. I don't know if he's out, but it's definitely a worry. I'd say they're probably not going to risk him if they're bringing in someone for cover. Uh, that being said, I think Marmion deserves a chance. Uh, like I thought Gibson Park was very good when he came on, but uh, I think Marmion deserves his chance to get the call up there if that is the case and Gibson Park is out. Uh, I think Marmion should be on the bench, especially if you're going to bring on Gibson Park and show the benefit of having a player that can change the game, bring on a Marmion as well. Like He's been on really, really good form just before lockdown and since lockdown. So I think I'd love to see him get his chance anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Wes, what do you think going ahead to the France game? Um, yeah, obviously France are a very different opponent to Italy. It's in Paris as well, which is always <clears throat> always a difficult place to go. Um, there's a lot of stuff I like in the way the team are playing. I, I like the fact that Bundy's been used as a ball distributor now, not just a kind of battering ram of, of 12, uh, which we at Connacht have always said that he's, his ball skills are, his, are the best aspect of his game. Um, France were, were very clinical against Wales. I mean, they didn't look like they'd been off at all, really. Um, so I don't think I don't think you'll see a lot of changes in the Iron Team. I think we're probably going to see a very similar, if not the exact same, starting fifteen. Um, maybe the uh, Ring Rose, going to Ring Rose will be out. Well, I'd say. Yeah, Ring Rose is out. Injuries notwithstanding, uh, Ring Rose with a broken jaw. I, I don't expect him to start thirteen. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, we've well, we've well, played injured yeah. players before. Um, man, man up, Gary. <laughs> In, fair, in fairness to him, he was trying to get back in the defensive line. And yeah, he like, was. Off. Like, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, I've never broken my jaw, but I presume it's not the type of thing you want to get back in a defensive line with. <laughs> no. Uh, sorry. Yeah, but as Sam said, a bonus point win is is optimistic. It's not impossible. Definitely, we've a group of players that can do it. Um, but to go to France and be competitive and give a good account of ourselves and come away with a victory, I'm, I'm quietly confident about that, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, we have to. Sorry, I forgot to even mention the lack of box kicking. Sam, you can gloat. Go ahead. <laughs> Called it. Actually, funnily enough, funnily enough, it was. I think Murray box kicked twice, but someone made me aware that you know Gibson Park's first touch of the ball, which was that little dinked chip over. Yeah. Technically a box kick. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god. I think but, we're yeah, okay no, with those kind of box kicks. It was. Uh, yeah. No, and it was brilliant to see the change of emphasis. You saw. Uh, you saw. You know, Sexton doing what I said might happen last week, which is like playing it up and under, playing smart tactical kicking, but playing it from Sexton as opposed to from Murray, just for the sake of people not concentrating on that so much, changing the point of attack, changing the angle, changing the emphasis. And it probably allowed Connor Murray to play as well as he did because he wasn't concentrating on kicking. He wasn't, that kicking duty wasn't on him anymore. He was playing, he was feeding sex, he was feeding backline. So it was great to see an Irish team not box kicking. It made for a more exciting, more enjoyable play, and might be some of the reason why he was a little sloppy to begin with before they found their feet. You know, it's a new change in tactic, change in emphasis. But uh, yeah, it was very, very refreshing to watch a game where we had the ball uh, in different parts of the pitch and just go and not look at uh, Connor Murray just boot it straight in the air. So that was. Yeah, I thought picking our moments with box kicks. So I think that's kind of the main complaint that everybody had is that like. Box kicking seemed to be like our default setting. You know, we win a rock and then we box kick because we don't know what to do when we get the ball. Um, so I'm actually surprised at you that that's technically a box kick from uh, Gibson Park. Yeah. I didn't know that. But I thought, in fairness to Gibson Park, I thought when he came on, I thought he really did inject tempo into the game. Yeah, um, well, that's what everyone was Murray expecting was, from him. Murray was fairly quick now, in fairness. Maybe not in the first five, ten minutes. Maybe the yellow card woke him up a bit, I think. That was a great cover tackle in fairness to him. He really. I did. think he was so, fine. I don't think it was. I thought, yeah, no, I, no, no I, thought, I think he didn't. I separate. thought it was a brilliant uh, 
brilliant tackle, yeah, but he just he doesn't separate. And unfortunately, the letter of law is like that's stopping a try scoring opportunity to stop yeah. the offload. He has he's impeded in a professional way like that. It's it's very harsh because the tackle was brilliant and the the want to get up and counter rook and win the ball is there. But you know, by the letter of the law, that is what they've said now is you have to make clear and obvious that you were separated and he just didn't. He went straight yeah. up onto his feet. Yeah, it was a great effort, but yeah, I, I, I think it was yellow card. But uh, I think we can definitely expect more box kicks against France, though, Westy, just because of the fact that, look, there's no real point in box kicking against Italy when you're on the front foot and you're sort of dominating them in a lot of areas. But against a France team, I think we expect more box kicks. Yeah, I'd, I'd say we, we will see less of an expansive game against France. Um, as I say, there's a lot on the line now in this French game. I think maybe... There was a bit of freedom in the Italy game where it was like, look, depending on how this goes, there could be nothing going next week. Let's just go out and enjoy this game, blow the cobwebs out, try and play a bit of expansive rugby. Um, you know, Italy were very rusty themselves as well, coming back. Um, they'll be kind of disappointed with their kind of lack of cohesion. Um, but we won't get that luxury against France. I think the box kick will come back. I think kicking for territory will be a much more important facet of our game against France. Um Hopefully, we'll still be able to pick our moments to spread it wide. But yeah, it won't be. We'll see a, a substantial increase in box kicks and, and yeah. territory play. I think. Well, Sam, you're the you're the guy who seems to be in the nose. So, uh, box kicks this weekend? Yes or no? Uh, whew, it's hard to tell. Uh, I think there'll probably be more uh, more than there was. Like I know you said we'll have our opportunity later to talk about the Connacht game, but if you look at the amount of box kicking. Caelan Blade did at the weekend or yesterday it was a substantial amount of box kicking but it was the use of it and the tacticalness and the low trajectory to get in behind they were effective and I have no issue with Ireland doing that and I'd say it'll probably happen a bit more I just don't like seeing those really high hanging ones that were you know there for Rob Carney to lap up so hopefully hopefully we see you know smarter box kicks if we do see them but uh, I think the varying types of kicking available you know sex and there was a couple of little chips through little stabs through as well so you know changing up the types of kicks that are there just keep France on their toes yeah I agree well uh, as I said we will go into more detail maybe for the, and the remaining Six Nation games later in the week probably hopefully Thursday night we'll have that out for you uh, we'll, we'll touch on the Pro 14 now I think it would be rude not to start with the Connacht game because it was uh, you know it was if it was a fantastic away win and Connacht are getting all the plaudits today and it must be a rare occasion for you to, you know, to have such positivity around the club uh, for such a good performance. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to see the reaction to that comment. Um, so, <laughs> Sam, uh, just talk us through it, really, uh, in less than twenty minutes, if possible. Oof, that's that's tough. But no, it was it was a brilliant performance. Uh, somewhere where we've struggled to get results in the last few years, we were embarrassed last season but uh, no it was great and it was great with we have seven players away with the Ireland squad uh, and a couple injured so to get through it with not a second string team but you know some some inexperienced players some players playing out of position and some injuries early on like so to get through it with the result with the bonus point win was absolutely fantastic I love the variety of the play I really really like Blade the way he played he played just kind of you know thinking on his toes was extremely good. Uh, I was impressed with a lot of the new lads, Big Papa running hard, which was great to see. Uh, so yeah, I overall like the positivity flowing from other fans. It was great to see like Leinster and Munster and Ulster Twitter pages and stuff, 
commenting on how good the kind of players were playing because, uh, and the kind of team we're playing because that's something that we do a lot and other people don't even bother <laughs> yeah. watching our games. So, uh, you know, Sunday Night Rugby might be the new making of Connacht. It might increase the viewership because everyone's like, ah, I watch a rugby game on a Sunday evening. Yeah. It was it was like watching Bristol out there that were that good, wasn't it? Uh, it's always like watching Bristol out there. Yeah. That's how kind of guard. No, I was, yeah. I was extremely impressed. I really, I was devastated uh, for Sammy Arnold to go off. But uh, I thought Wooten was brilliant. Uh, it was so funny. It was so nice to see a lot of the Munster fans kind of being like, oh, thank God he's only on loan. And I was going, yeah, he's in his last year of his contract. So hopefully he just signs with us because he's playing class. Uh, Porch was very good. Uh, Tierno Halloran came on, a bit rusty to begin with, but ended up being quite good. You know, and then, you know, the likes of Delahunt line out throwing wasn't great but he was getting around the pitch so there was there was really good performances across the board and you know probably special mention going to masters and playing in the second row for the first time i can remember and probably since he was about under 18s uh you know playing out of position because we have two away with ireland and one out for the season with shoulder injury so yeah really really nice result great feeling to get it uh, away in edinburgh like you know you're talking about a semi-finalist from last year yeah, exactly. Westy, yeah, just some great tries, some great play. You know, Caden Blade was on fire. Connor Fitz, some lovely little grubbers through. Uh, it was really a joy to watch. What did you think of it? Uh, we were a little bit shaky at the start, I think. Um, but I think once we kind of once we got into the game and everyone's nerves settled a little bit, um, we were good. A lot of cheap penalties given away. Like Andy Friends ta- talked a lot about discipline over the last couple of weeks. Um and it's still not at the level it needs to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the attacking play that we had, the defensive shape is starting to come together. But yeah, the, the way we could change our direction of attack so quickly, the kind of the way we were able to show off a lot of different weapons in our arsenal. Masterson playing out of position, I thought he was phenomenal in the second row. Uh, Papa Lili on the ball was great. Uh, I thought the work rate from Porch and Watton, I think Watton, since coming to Connacht, his work rate has been like nothing I've seen before. I think he's a man reignited now with an opportunity um, and yeah you, you can't talk high enough of Quail and Blade just electric out there yeah he really was good and I agree with Wooten he seems to seems to be enjoying as you said a new lease of life in Connacht and a you know regular playing time is going to do that for someone um, yeah look great, great win for Connacht going ahead uh, as I said missing you kind of missing your Bundys your Marmions it's not exactly a, a full strength team but not it's great to have that sort of back up there that when those boys are away with international duty you can still kind of put in those performances and against a good Edinburgh team away so yeah 100% um, we'll, t- we'll touch on the Leinster game although again there's not really much fun to talk about with Leinster they're just hammering teams bonus point already kind of sewn up by half time against a Zebra team uh, we've seen uh, the emergence of Dan Sheehan though uh, a kind of a hooker which really looks like the modern day hooker he is lean he is moving around the pitch at great pace his hands were incredible in the highlights i've seen um and obviously you see the likes of also kieran frawley tommy o'brien yeah a couple of youngsters coming through but i think the main storyline from this game was the return of dan levy which i think we can all agree was just fantastic to see uh, from a horrific injury last year to to come back now it's only good for leinster and it's only good for ireland so westy dan levy coming back though He's not guaranteed a spot in that team anymore with Ireland, especially with the emergence of Will Connors now. But great to see him back, all the same. Oh, it's fantastic to see him back, and I think you know we've been kind of teased with him coming back over the last couple of weeks. He's been seen training, he's been named in squads, and then kind of withdrawn from them. I think they've gone about it right, and they've kind of really tried to carefully reintroduce him. Like it has been, I'm going to say, 18 months since he played a competitive game of rugby, but maybe it's not quite that long. It's not far um, off, it's a. 
Yeah, so I think it's about easing them back in now, you know, half an hour against Zebra, albeit as well. It's worth mentioning because all the Irish papers say, you know, uh, you know, Leinster B team. It's it's a pretty pretty Zebra B team as well. But yeah, Dan is eased back in with that game. You'll have another game now, hopefully next start or see a bit more. Um, but yeah, the competition is is outstanding now for back rows in Ireland, and and he will it will take him. He I'd be I hope he does, but I'd be very surprised if he gets back to his previous form in the next couple of months. It, like it is going to take a few games. It's going to take a few outings. I'd say we probably will see him maybe in Ireland jersey for the autumn league. Um, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. Um. But he just needs to be managed carefully and slowly given the, the kind of room to get back up to his old standards. I think we're missing him. I think I think we, we've missed that. I think he's a bit of a tug in the best way possible. Uh, he's an aggressive ball carrier. He's a, he's a, he's a obnoxious rugby player. And I think we missed that in the Ireland team. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, Sam, he cruelly had a, a try disallowed in the last like minute of the game, which was really awful to see. Um, but yeah, I think you'd uh, you'd agree. Just has him back. Is, do you agree, with Westy? There, it could be a couple of months before we actually see him back to his his kind of form. Yeah, well, I think the the best thing for him is the strength and depth that Ireland have. It's not like a Carberry where everyone's kind of presumes that he's the the second choice and needs to be rushed back in as soon as he's available. I think you know the best thing for him is the fact that Ireland don't need him right now, and that can allow him to concentrate on his rehabbing properly go through a good few games at Leinster, play as much or as little as he needs to until such a time as he's back to full fitness. Like, Because it's not just even the injury he had, it's the amount of time he's had out. Like, Your body's just not going to be used to it. So that is so beneficial from the likes of Connors and Doris and O'Mahony and uh, Stander all available that there's no real pressure on him to get back into an Irish team too early. So, you know, it's great to see him back and... I'm glad to see him back. And from an Irish point of view, I can't wait until he does get back. Because like Wesley said, I think on his day, he's probably, if not the best, one of our better, um, definitely one of our starting back rows. But you don't want to rush that back. That's a huge injury to come back from. And uh, the, the more opportunities he gets to disease himself back in, the better. Like, you know, this is a long career ahead of him. We don't want to see it just ruined because you're rushing him back two, three games too early. Yeah, agreed. Uh, final game, obviously Munster playing tonight. So uh, Ulster versus Dragons, another great win for Ulster. But Ulster obviously benefiting massively by having Cooney, who they didn't think they'd have, and obviously Kutsia, who would should be off at a South Africa squad at the moment, but obviously isn't. So having them back, they're pretty much near enough full strength. Um, they looked always in control of this game. Dragons played some nice stuff occasionally, but Ulster coming out with a big forty point seventeen win. Ulster really building something here, Sam. You know, young crap players, and they're in amazing form at the moment, and they're making kind of winning a habit now. Should uh, should the rest of the league be looking out for this Ulster team? I think so. Yeah, I think we spoke about Ulster uh, before the restart of the league, and we kind of said that Ulster's like they were up there with being close to being competitive with Leinster in terms of like one of the better teams in the league, but it was depth that they were missing, and they've really they've addressed that and they've built it and they've got a lot of really, really good, young, exciting players coming through. So that'll only add to what they already have, which is some good Irish internationals, some good uh, South African internationals, other internationals that are available to them. So, you know, they're, they're a very good squad. And if they can, if they can manage that depth and they can build on it so that they can compete with a Leinster who have 50 players a season, you know, 50 players of quality as opposed to 50 players, like, you know, your academy second row is coming in because you have an injury crisis then that's brilliant for them. Uh, the game, 
they were very, very good in the first half. I thought they actually they, they slowed down a good bit in the second half. I thought Dragons were good and came into it a bit more. Uh, but, you know, having the benefits of having the likes of Cooney and Coetzee when Dragons have their Welsh players off and stuff, uh, that's that's going to be it's going to be a hard day for Dragons. It's always going to be a hard trip to Ravenhill for Dragons. Dragons aren't a particularly strong team historically or at the moment. But uh, no, it was a good win. And uh, I think that Ulster could build on last season and definitely they'd be in around it towards the end of the season again if they continue the way they are. Yeah, agreed. Westy, what do you think about Ulster team? Yeah, I think kind of to echo what Sam said, I think overall Ulster will be pretty happy. I think maybe they'll be a little bit disappointed they didn't rack up a few more scores in the second half. Um, maybe a slight odd leader, you know, Billy Burns is still out. They have a few lads away with the Ireland team. Um, but it's just brilliant to see the young lads coming through, like uh, uh, Hume and uh, Stuart Moore. Uh, Rob Little, I thought, was very good again. Um, and again, I, I can't rate him high enough. I think Sean Reedy is fantastic. Like, I think anytime he's asked, he's a brilliant player. As far as I know, he's got two caps for Ireland. I think he went to that South Africa tour a few years ago. Um, but I think he's a, I, I think he's a brilliant back row. I know back rows are, are something that we do, we make a lot of in Ireland, but um, maybe there is something he can offer in a squad. Maybe in an autumn, this autumn international league, it might be worth trying a few, you know, a few new people. Um, but yeah, I think I think Ulster in the first half were, were brilliant, and I think that performance alone they'd be happy with. Again, as I said, it's not all them. Dragons did kind of start playing a little bit smarter. I thought when Jamie Roberts came on, I thought they, they looked a little bit more kind of they lit up a little bit. I think, as I say, I think the, his influence on the squad really can't be um, can't be under under underrated or under um, underemphasized. Um, and again, to see to see Hewitt score, we're all fans of Hewitt. Um, mm. And it was a beautiful try again. I think he's a very skillful ball carrier. He only seems to score worldies. That's all he <laughs> seems to score. It's just like the harder the finish, the better for that guy. He's definitely leading the league in players beaten as well. Like that, <laughs> every every time he gets the ball, even if he goes five yards, he's still beating about six players. It's such quick feet. Yeah, he is. He is electric, electric to watch. Uh, yeah, that obviously must spend tonight. We'll cover that maybe in our later podcast, but. Um, yeah, we'll do that again one Thursday, and we'll we'll preview hopefully an Ireland win in in Paris. But I think we'll wrap it up there, boys. Uh, appreciate you as always, and uh, we'll see you uh, soon. Catch you later. Cheers, perfect.